Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. This holiday season, Lexus wants you to remember. Nothing feels as good as making others feel good. Those so-called feel-good holiday films? They can't hold a gingerbread-scented candle to the feeling of giving them something that gives them all the feels. Make this December one to remember. Together. Click the banner to discover more. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Welcome back to the Coach Steve Show podcast. Hello, Zach. Welcome back to Bear Sadness. It did not take us that long to get back into it, but Zach's back. Bear Sadness. Bears lose to Washington Commanders, unfortunately. Zach, how are we feeling removed from this game? You know, I'm kind of glad we are doing this a few days after the fact than, like, say, like an instant react at, like, 1130 at night where um, I'm tired, cranky, can't believe I sat through that not only horribly played football game, but also hor- I felt was a lower grade broadcast quality. I got to put it out there. I said this, I, I've said this out there, and I'm going to say it again. I don't care what people think. I don't like Amazon's quality of broadcast. Somehow they made Thursday Night Football to me worse, but I digress. And we got to sit there and listen to dampen crowd noise. Al Michaels and Kirk Herstory try to plead that we'll be have a better week, a better game next week. And we sat through the Bears squandering away what should have been a pretty viable win. Yeah, uh, I have yet to watch Thursday Night Football live, really. I like Kirk Street, but the Amazon Prime thing is not working for people. I don't know. 
think it's, I don't know, some of the production stuff is not, like, Kirk and Al aren't the problem. I, I think it's more like how they produce, like, some of the items on it. Like, you know, people love crowd noise, but why do you dampen crowd noise? You know, we have it. Um, you look at some of the technical stuff that it doesn't fully work out as well. Like, <laughs> heck, uh, Justin Fields' touchdown, they spent way too much time on the highway. They didn't even, weren't even ready for the snap when they got that on the uh, offside. How's it now? Oh, perfect. Perfect. You want to try and restart that? No, it's all good. Uh, technical difficulties. This is raw and uncut. It doesn't matter. Guys, listen. Sure, why not? I can edit sure, the audio. Not. I can make Basically, it Basically, all you missed was me complaining about Thursday Night Football, some of the stuff on Amazon. Oh, yeah, by the way, buffering. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Buffering yeah. instantly makes it worse. Like, seriously, broadcast television. It, unless you have a massive failure, and I know because I work in broadcast TV, you don't have to deal with you know a mid-play stoppage because of your internet connection. And I have a pretty solid internet connection package. So trust me, I'm, I got a little frustrated a few times last night just on that alone. Um, speaking of the game, though, in particular, three, three possessions within the five-yard line, no points. Um, all different reasons these drives failed. Yes. Uh, there was that one where they did, like, was it three or four straight passes in a row? When you have mm-hmm. David Montgomery down there, you have Herbert down there. Why not give one of them the ball? Oh, and, and speaking of, you have Justin Fields who can run. Like, That's true, too. So mm-hmm. so you have three options of running the football, and you choose to drop back pass under center and do four straight passes in a row. Yeah, that that sounds about right. Um, and sure, you know, with with a better with a better offense, I think people should say you know it would work. I think also again, this is one of those situations, somewhat, and I say somewhat that if a, you know you complete a pass for a TD, oh look, it's genius. You know, no one ignores it. But I I understand you got four downs. Um, diversify it. Your your offensive line is a bruiser. Sure. The commanders, you know, they have a pretty imposing front four, uh, especially, you know, their defensive tackles in the middle, you know, Jonathan Allen and Payne down there. I get it. But there were room there was room to run last night when applicable. And you might as well diversify it a bit when you got Montgomery. You got Justin Fields, like you're saying, who really I think is showing more and more, you know, because of the pressures. I mean, his athletic ability, he does more damage on the run. That is what he is I think making more of an impact on. He does have pretty passes here and there, but he's a runner right now. Um, let him uh, let him fly if you want, because clearly Washington kept making the mistakes, as you heard on the broadcast. Kurt Herbstreit, I give him props for this. They kept bailing on and spying on him. So, you know, if you don't get back to him, he's got plenty of room to run, including that 39-yard run that went down to the Commanders' five-yard line at the end of the fourth quarter. Yeah, uh, that is one thing he does bring to the table is able to escape the pocket and run. But, man, like it's a tale of two halves for the Chicago Bears. They Justin Fields struggled at the beginning in the first half. He had some moments there, but in the first half mm-hmm. they struggled. And in the second half he bounced back a little bit, played a little bit better. Um, he's he, One thing I'm going to say before we dive into like critiquing him, I don't think we're ever going to question toughness. And it goes back to the Clemson no. game where he gets speared in the back. 
can barely walk, and he goes out there and finishes the game. I don't think anybody will ever, ever question his physicality, ever question his toughness, and that's a Matt Eberflus thing, too, of making that team tough. It's just it's been too inconsistent of they're going to play. Like the Minnesota game, played. he had little moments in the first half, but it took till the second half for him and the offense to play better. Same thing here. First half was bad, then the second half they like, oh, let's get going again. You know, and that's just a tale of two different halves. And then you have our defense, who played well. You held them to six points. It was another muffed punt that we witnessed again that caught, like in the Giants game, that, you know, to me that defense gave up six points. That muffed punt gave up the other. So yeah, the defense did its job against a bad Washington Commanders offense. You know, you held Carson once to, to 99 yards passing. Like, you, you did your job, essentially. Sack him three times, you know, yes. getting pressure consistently. Um, isn't a – who's the offensive tackle for them that we had? Um, Lennis Jr., what's his name? Or what's his name? You're, you're talking Charles Leno. Charles Leno. Right. Was he still on the team? Yeah. 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 So they, they actually uh, – that was something on their social they did is uh, – they got his instant react, his kind of like uh, reaction to the win. Him, he kind of like screamed into the camera, all excited. But now he's he's over there, you know. But yeah, uh, former Bear, of course, former Chicago Bears uh, starting tackle. He was always on his knees at Chicago. For some reason, he go to block and always fall to his knees. I don't know why. <laughs> right. I don't know why. So it it just it's a it's a sad thing to see your defense holding to six points and you can't muster up a win. Or enough because po- as a defense, you hold a team to six points, you're going to win the game. That's it's yeah. just a just just a thing, and your offense just cannot finish drives. And there was a lot going on. Justin Fields didn't play well. Receivers were dropping balls, which they've done all year. Uh, the offensive line has been very inconsistent. It's one of two things: it's either they're going to sell out on the run game and block very well in the run game, or they're going to just sell out on the pass game and struggle on the other side. And that was this game where it was just mm-hmm. back and forth. They struggled on both sides, but it's and that's just the Chicago Bears. And, you know, again, we're all over the place on this podcast because a lot happened. I don't know who to blame anymore. We've talked about blaming everybody. And every game we blame somebody different. And we were talking beforehand. There's other podcasts and shows out there that are starting to keep shifting this blame. The first time I've heard this now is where they're just going to start blaming Ryan Poles, the new general manager, and they're blaming Matt Eberflus. I think it's too premature to start blaming those two for what's going on, especially Ryan Poles, but they're blaming Ryan Poles because he brought these guys in. He drafted some of these guys. He signed some of these guys. I don't think he signed these guys to be the answers. I think he signed these guys to just have a roster, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know what's going on behind closed doors because after the game, Justin Fields said, I'm tired of getting told we're almost there, we're almost there. And that goes back to what you always talk about is his attitude when things go wrong. So things may start yeah. to turn ugly the more this continues because you're losing games that we all predicted they would win at the beginning of the year. So yeah. a lot's going Look, I, on right I, now. I sympathize with him a lot in the sense that it probably takes a ton to be one of to be the most sacked quarterback in the NFL, as well as being pressured almost half your snaps. 
every game. I I I can I have to sympathize with that because you know you you can't mention any of this without that because of that impact. You know you a quarterback has a lot to worry about if they can't trust their offensive line to steadily rely on giving them a pocket to pass in if they want to be in the pocket. You know if they want to develop in the pocket, which you know. As much as they've, there's been conversation about this isn't Eberflus and Poles quarterback, whatever. This is a second-year quarterback that they are wanting to see develop, and they want to see be, in my opinion, the franchise guy. And, you know, this is supposed to be the start of that process. So, you know, it's hard for him to go through these lumps. But you know, Ryan Poles definitely, I think, is getting a lot more questions from people now for the process of helping not only him but also just what was going on in the draft as well. Because, I mean, sure, we we have two young talents on the defensive side in Brisker and Gordon. Gordon had a better game this week, I'll give credit. Uh, Brisker has been consistently, I think, playing at a above-average level to good yep. all year for the most yep. part, sans a few run issues. Um, but that does bring back the question of, okay, well, you had these guys picked up in the second round. If we knew the line was a problem last year, which it, it was um, – where were those draft picks there? You know, was this best available? That's where these questions, people are starting to question that, you know, free agency, which I mean, they lost out on a few offensive line free agents that they wanted that were higher profile. One, one to Buffalo in particular. Um, Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're team ready. ready. Black Hills energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. And that's where we're seeing a bunch of whose fault is it type of discussion because we knew they stripped the roster to the bone, but I think people also wanted the other side, one of the other um, portion of this and went, yeah, you strip the roster, but we don't want our QB getting killed. You know, we don't want our QB to be ran out the building and have his progression completely shot because all he knows is, you know, flee from the scene of the crime at, at first uh, contact. Right. That's where we're at. You know, and it's we're we're now six games in, and I think that's just going to become a louder voice of uh, from our audience here. Is that hey, we don't this kid's going to keep getting killed? You know. All these anticipations for next year with the money, the cap space, the full draft st- stock, it better come to fruition and pay off because otherwise we – I mean, we knew we were kind of iffy with this season, but no one wants to see like late season Justin Fields has a catastrophic injury that potentially affects his year three uh, evaluation and possible next step. Yeah, um, I understand when people are blaming – Ryan Poles it is 110%. I understand where they're coming from. But I also think, like, you we, you and I, I think, understood the assignment where mm-hmm. we know what was about to happen this season. Now, we still want to win. We still want to compete. I don't believe in tanking for a draft pick. These guys get paid millions of dollars. In my opinion, you show up and do your job no matter what it is. We all show up to our job making pennies on the dollar mm-hmm. compared to what they all make, so they need mm-hmm. to show up and do their job as well. I don't know. I'm, I have... <sighs> If this was year four and this is happening, or year three this was happening, I'd have my pitchfork ready, like on fire, and saying, like, I am after Ryan Poles. But being so early, I'm like, 
I think he knew. I think he's he he knows something we don't. Is my hope, or like you said, maybe he was holding out from the draft to get free agents, and it just didn't work out. And that's kind of where he was leaning towards, and it didn't happen. But who could? I mean, Tevin Jenkins is playing well, in my opinion. He's I think mm-hmm. playing being their best lineman. I do think they put the eggs in Doug Kramer's basket, and he got hurt. I'm going to die on that hill because of how good he played at Illinois. He was a fifth, six year guy. He's he's you know he he would have been the answer at center right now. I firmly believe that. Um, I, I think that yeah they they need something because I would be honest. You know last week we were talking about hey you know, or we've been talking about Lucas Patrick getting switch. Watching more and more. This game, I think, now makes me go. It doesn't matter. I think because he can't. He his blocking skill is also just. A, you can put him at center, but it's not going to to me help that much more. He he has proven his his pass blocking has been degrading all year, right uh, through six weeks, and I think it just will be that much exasperated if he were to be put at center. Both of them interchangeable. I think would suck now at that spot, right. and I'll hold that opinion moving forward. Um. The next person they're blaming more and more from Ryan Poles is Matt Eberflus, and I'm on here saying I'm still not um, against him. What they're blaming him for is, I think they're blaming him in the same time as blaming Getsy at calling plays because mm-hmm. the more this is going on, you are starting to hear even NFL guys, retired NFL guys, come out. I think it was Fitzpatrick that said, Justin Fields is not Tom Brady. He's not Peyton Manning. He's not so-and-so. He cannot stand in the pocket and do these things that these guys were doing. And I'm paraphrasing from what I heard. He even said, and other NFL guys, Richard Sherman on Thursday Night Football said this as well. Yep. You have to coach him differently than these guys. You had Aaron Rodgers who could stand in the pocket and throw a football when you were the quarterback coach for the Green Bay Packers. You don't even have to coach half the time. You could probably just do all the film stuff and Aaron Rodgers is out there doing his thing. True. Justin Fields, you cannot force him to be a pocket passer the entire game. Where have I heard that before? I wonder Does where that we've not heard sound this. familiar? I wonder where we've heard this before. This, this, I, I, I heard that in the post game and I had like deja vu sitting there like spaced out for a few seconds and went, Jesus Christ, we have circled back to this conversation again. Mm-hmm. Next quarterback up, next conversation. And it's it doesn't feel like it's going to end because Mitch Trubisky fairly haunts us even when we don't want him to haunt, haunt us. Now, is it the play calling? Is it that they're not playing to his strengths? Which I'll argue, you know what? Yeah, it is. Because, again, I'll state it. If Carson Wentz, if Aaron Rodgers, if Daniel Jones, all these QBs have ran more RPOs where they are getting design runs than Justin Fields, then I have a problem. Or... Justin Fields isn't taking his running options, which then again I go, dude, it's RPO. You're going to outrun the guy on the edge. Uh, I mean, the fact that I even saw Carson Wentz run an RPO on Thursday, I went, really? He's been beating up all his career. Like maybe 2017 Wentz would do this, but this doesn't feel like a 2022 (laughs) Carson Wentz type of play anymore. And yet I still was going Scott Turner is running plays that – Luke Getzey should be thinking our regular, like first or second down options, and he was doing that up at the goal line. Like, why is that not a common play call? There's little RPO in this offense for Chicago. There's a, there, I think two times I counted RPO plays, um, and one of them was actually a really good sw- pass play that pushed the entire flow of the offensive and defensive line to the side. 
It was a really good concept, but they're few and far between. It rarely is run. It's usually some bootlegs or dropbacks or shotguns. Yeah, and that's been the beast with the NFL. And I, I think I've talked about I think you and I might have talked about it way back when Mitch was there. The problem in the NFL is you get coaches that you're going to run what I want to run, and you're going to get you're going to get molded into that because this is the NFL. This is what it takes to win. Does Justin Fields have to learn to throw a ball from the pocket? Absolutely, this has to be mm-hmm. done. But like in college, they have a system, but they will also tweak things to that person's ability. They recruit for their their offense, but they also can't deny recruiting guys that are talented. Well, here's an example. Mac Jones is not a mobile quarterback. He Correct. played at Alabama, who is now an up-tempo, spread it out, still run the ball, but throw the ball. They get Bryce Young the next year, who can run. Guess what they did? They still had all those throwing plays, but guess what? Play action, RPO, get him outside the pocket. He can stand up and throw it, but he can do that. Because Nick Saban understands we've got to tweak it to what he can do. What did the Baltimore Ravens do with Lamar Jackson? Well, run. He, yeah, he cannot stand in the pocket and throw the ball consistently. He can at times, but when he does, it's a duck or he throws it 10 yards over their head. So what can he do that works? Hmm, let's run the football. Let's put a fullback in there. Let's have a lead blocker. Let's RPO him. Let's shift the pocket. And let's run screens. Oh, let's run a little bit of option because that's what he can do. Because guess what? That's what he did in college at L- at Louisville. Yep. What a weird concept that we're going to make Justin Fields this pocket quarterback where he's uncomfortable. His first instinct is to run now because he's got happy feet, which I'm going to get to the pass protection stuff soon. But now you're making this more difficult on himself you're making him read a fourth thing progression, which did he do that Ohio State? No, no, he no. didn't. Why not? I don't care if it's a two-yard pass. If he completes a two-yard pass on first and 10, I'm happy because you get him in a rhythm. I don't understand. Again, all those coaches are smarter than me. They are. They might know something I well, don't know. Yeah, they're they're up in that spot for a reason, they'll say. so. right. But I start to question it because I'm like, oh, they'll figure it out. They'll figure it out. It's going to be done. You're forcing things on him that you don't need to. Mm-hmm. Move the pocket. Get the run game going. Go back to old school eye formation. I heard this take yesterday, and I loved it. Why can't we go two tight end set double tight and open up some run lane gaps? Why can't we do that play action and throw it to Cole Komet for a four-yard gain? Why can't we put uh-huh. an extra lineman in? and get that big set that you see every NFL team do and do that stuff. I don't know. Yeah, wish I could wish I could tell you. <laughs> you know. Again, you're saying a smart a smarter man probably knows what he's doing. Uh is what's happening there, I guess. Um that conversation though, it is maddening that you know, I thought we were done with it and now 2 years later we're back to the the question of play to your QB's ability versus play your system. You know, it, it's it's quite fascinating how that came back up once more and it's going to it's probably going to continue. I I don't know. Luke Getzey I thought last I thought against Minnesota had finally said screw it, I'm opening the whole playbook. You know, let's let's go out guns blazing and run everything. And then 
sometimes I felt again, like maybe it was just because after that interception, you know, coordinator gets a little unconfident and then they switch back, you know, let's play it safe. Defense is winning the game for us right now. Sure. We're down three, but we just need to get one good drive. I bet we can win this thing with like 13 points or something like that, which to me is very restrict. It's, I don't know. It's restricted. Plus the line play again. I feel like he doesn't open the book the whole way, you know, he, no. The closest he came was was Minnesota, and that still took a quarter, a, basically almost two quarters to get that playbook all the way open. Right. Took a Darnell Mooney one-handed catch that's uh, classified as a web gem <laughs> for this season uh, to open the playbook all the way. So, yeah, we need to have stuff like that. You know, I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I wish I could tell you what Getsy's doing. Um but now you're going to be two, you're two and four now. You have two matchups where some people are instantly putting you as a two and six team. What do you got to lose? What what do you have to lose? Open the damn thing up. Let it fly. Right, because especially Take chances, man. Especially the next three games coming up: Patriots, Cowboys, Dolphins. That is a meat grinder of a stretch you have to go through, and then you got to play the Lions, who I don't care what anybody says. That's a sleeper upset yeah. any week right now. So right. And so, like, the next time you're looking at where you might be able to get a win is at the Falcons. That's that's the next one. But guess what? They started to look a little bit better. They're looking a little tough. Mm -hmm. So, like, it's just – this could be a conversation way, way later on. Could the Bears win a game this year the rest of the way? And a part of me is like, nope, they won't. They'll end up at two and whatever, and that sucks. Oh, man. I don't know about that. I I do think that the – this is the – typical bears way though you have a defense that will win most weeks at least they'll win games like this what washington was it's just that you saw such a catastrophic failure on the opposite side that what can you do and then special teams fell apart as well um Valus jones now he's a liability two of the last three weeks muff punts that have killed games and he never returned a punt in college which is mind-blowing, then you put him in that situation in the NFL. Put Herbert back there for all I care to return a kick. <laughs> like, this is where the Eberflus thing is starting to come up. Then today, I think it was today, they said, oh, he's not going to return punts anymore. And like, well, I could have told you that was coming. Yeah. Could you imagine if they said, oh, no, we're sticking with him? Sure. Are you positive? I mean, that's, that's a pretty high rate of failure with your time just coming back. You might as well have nobody back there. Mm-hmm. So that that's where all this blame game's coming. And the muff punt thing we've seen enough of where you're in a position, the defense has done its job. What a, Like you said, typical Bears way. Back-breaking for the defense that does their job, and then the offense just cannot help them out. You know yeah. what I – like we have saw it with Rex Grossman a couple times, but at least that defense was so elite that it didn't matter. You saw with Jay Cutler's stuff at times. And then sometimes that was flip-flopped. But you really, really saw it after the Lovey Smith eras. And you really, really saw it with Matt Nagy eras, where it's just the defense does its job. I said in 2018, I said, if they don't win a lot of games right now, this defense is going to get old. Stuff's going to happen. And guess what's happened? That's why this defense is torn down to the bare bone. Yeah. Where... They all got old and they they were they're gone now. Don't worry, uh, 
We don't need Roquan Smith. We'll let him fly. He got he got he got si- blindsided by Carson Wentz. He's garbage. Man's completely garbage. He shouldn't be signed back on. Don't even bother. Let him let him walk. I can't tell if you're being serious or sarcastic. See, that's because it's hard. Because the entire that's another hot button topic. Because if you don't talk Justin Fields and everyone has knives out, the other thing people will draw their switchblades on is Roquan Smith. Every week that man is under the gun, and he still leads the league in tackles. He still is playing at the high level you expect. But people are worried about that $20 million a year mark, so of course they got a question, should we even keep him? And I'm telling you right now, he's going to go walk somewhere, he's going to have an all-star career, and we're going to all sit here and go, why are we hitting the reset button on that position if it's a cornerstone? So I don't care if people know. I couldn't watch the game live but I did have the ability to watch it later on. And the, one of the, I would look through Twitter, and one thing I saw was trade Roquan Smith over and over and over. And I was like, what happened? Oh, Pat McAfee shared the video. I said, oh, he got blindsided by Carson Wentz and decleated. And I said, this is why you want to trade him? Are you serious? An- analyze the rest of the game with that. that. That's what kills me. You know, it's one play that they didn't even score by the way you know he had to, an angle where it was a chase angle after some good blocks and Carson Wentz did something most QBs don't do which is he actually threw a block <laughs> so I don't know like you I guess call me an apologist for some people that want him gone but I just think like you have a guy that again you know is leading the Bears in tackles leading the league in tackles or at least he'll be tied with it by the end of of, we, of this week and you're saying trade him? You can't tell me you can't negotiate down to give him at least one of the highest paid numbers after this year and still retain him. Listening to other sports shows, and we talked about one before we start recording. I'm not going to say who it was. This was brought up. Carson Wentz is like 6'4". He has to be 230 pounds. That so man's that, a mongoloid. Yes. <laughs> you know? So I'm not upset about it at all. Is he embarrassed? Are the other defensive guys giving him a hard time? You bet your ass they are. They are getting after him. But you are right. All I heard, that's why on Twitter I put that poll up. Should they trade him? And now I even heard podcast people say, you won't get value for him. And I said, "Are you? why are you, like, it's all, like you said, we're going to get to one of these topics here in a second. It is either Justin Fields, it's either the, the O-line, it's the wide receivers, or it's Roquan Smith. Like, those are those. The- Never mind the fact that Smith earlier in the game had a jailbreak sack that he perfectly timed the blitzing gap and got Carson Wentz down. I believe that was on a third down pass play as well. He also led the team in total tackles. He led in solo tackles, by the way. Next clearest, next next nearest was Nickel was Nicholas Morrow, who I thought has been average this year. I mean, seriously, we're you're talking about rebuilding. It's rebuilding. You want to have some of those guys that. I think should be staying. You don't let a Roquan Smith walk. If you if you give Eddie Jackson those chances the way that you have the last few years, and he's yes. playing this snuff, yes. why in the hell are you saying, "Yep, let him go"? Yeah, let, let him walk away. You know, the NFL they didn't they didn't give him all pro nods. Uh, PFF always ranks him low for some reason. Let him walk. He's not valuable. What's wrong with you people? <laughs> Why do we play this game every year? Like this guy that's on the fridge fringe, we have to be like, oh yeah, let him let him go. You know, I'll give people pass on Allen Robinson because I'm wondering what the hell happened to Allen Robinson now. 
because I was an Allen Robinson defender. But no, I'm defending. I'm going to defend Roquan Smith. You don't let him walk. Sign him to a highish. Not you're not going to pay him the best money. You're going to pay him like to me top five linebackers in the NFL. Yes. Convince him like, hey, you are a damn good RB or LB. But we, but we, you have to realize like we are trying to rebuild. If you're on the same page, if he says no, then fine, let him walk. If for some reason the organization says that, but get him signed on. He doesn't want to leave Chicago. He's already said that. He likes the city. You don't let a talent like that walk away. You know? But we will. And and we will screw it up. They will hear fans say these things. They will start to do that. I guarantee you. I guarantee you they are listening to all this stuff. And I just don't understand. Roquan Smith is not Lance Briggs or Brian Urlacher, but by God, he is up there. If it was those three as linebackers, nobody would get a five-yard run. That's how yeah. good he is. He's just quiet about it. He's a quiet, good linebacker. And we can't uphold him to where every single snap is going to be great. He is going to get blocked. Brian Urlacher got blocked. And Brian Urlacher is my favorite linebacker outside of Dick Buckus, but Brian Urlacher was our generation. He he got blocked at times. There's probably times he dropped an interception. There's probably mm-hmm. t- like all that stuff. Why do we have to hold Roquan Smith to this highest level possible and say, get rid of him? We don't need him. Who are we going to replace him with? <laughs> I mean, the, everyone will say the draft, but I'm sorry. We have bigger needs in the draft that I would rather address than having to re- hit the reset button on a middle linebacker. All well, these people calling out Ryan Poles and they're all of a sudden mad about his uh, choices – those are the same people that are going to trust him to replace this guy linebacker then. So you got to pick which way you're going here. Do you actually trust him or are you just finding something to be mad about? And like, yes, I'm mad about Justin Fields, but I'll be the first to tell you there's times he looks really good. There's times the line does break their back and he gets hit. There's times wide receivers do drop a good ball that he throws. Yep. But I'm also the first to tell you he'll, he, I'm the first to tell you who does bad, good things and good things. Even though I'm not high on Justin Fields, and sometimes I overlook, I I, I look for the bad things because I want to be right. When he's good, I'm going to tell you he's good. When Roquan Smith is bad, I'm going to tell you he's bad. When he's good, we're going to tell you he's good. Hmm. You can't let a guy like that disappear. Where he should have been all pro, leading tackle. I don't get it. But that that was the other thing I, I'm I blaming now. I, I feel you. and It's going to continue to be a conversation all year. It's Like we said, we said the thing last show. Every week now, you're going to have it where people are going to micromanage the status of, should we keep Roquan Smith? Should we pay him that upper epsilon RLB money? You know, And it's not going to stop unless this guy basically plays God-tier and has mistake-free highlight football. Um, you know, And again, maybe that sounds like an apologistic way of saying it, but I think some people are... In, at least that are fans of this, or even media personnel, I think they go overboard with this. It's pretty simple to me. Pay him mm-hmm. as a, like a top five linebacker. You know, get him, convince him that that's where he should be in the market because I think that's where he is. I don't think you're going to get that best, the the top pay at that position because you know he's not. I mean, some of the accolades, and I also think that it's a little harder to justify that with a rebuild, but. If you convince him, hey, you're a top five guy, we'll give you top five money, we'll adjust the incentive issues that you were discussing in the media, and he doesn't say and he doesn't say yes to that, then fine. Okay, you did all you could. But don't let the guy walk. Give him multiple years. Give him a top five pay 
at that spot because he deserves that. And I think fans should say that too and stop trying to instantly go, yep, get him out of here. Because honestly, right now, the only the only person I'm thinking that is, to me, trade bait with the Bears that I'm going, yeah, this one, at least we can get some picks and think about the future. And I hate saying it because it's weird with him setting record last year is Robert Quinn. Um, I, because I, that's the only guy I think right now that should be on the trade block that if you want guys, if you want someone to maybe take him for reinforcements for a playoff team or something, and, you know, you don't see him in his, in the future of the bears, which it sounds like he's kind of the only guy that's been shopped around by rumors for the most part. Lucky land casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky. Lucky in line at the deli, I guess. Aha. In my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I'd say you do that. You know? Yeah. Which is sad. different era of Bears football now. Yeah. So. Which is sad because he's been especially his breakout year last year and then this year just being down. That That is sad. Hot and cold. Six games in and still still not been has not been up to snuff as last season. And credit, that's probably because he has less pressure on him. Or more, sorry, he has more pressure on him from a protection standpoint thanks to, you know, there's no Cleo Mack anymore. They stripped down the defensive line in many chunks. Um so yeah, he is. I mean, he has one sack this season, five tackles uh, through six games. You know, and I think if you advertise him as a rotational piece, you know, that you can send off to a playoff team, like a one-year kind of deal, um, which I have to double-check his contract. That's who you should be talking about with trades and things. Don't not Roquan Smith. You're going to get undervalued anyway because it's a one-year deal. They're going to. You're not going to get much. I think because it's going to be, oh, well, he's leaving next year anyway. So if they're trying to get rid of him. <laughs> yeah, no team's going to be like, okay, here's a wide receiver and this and a draft pick for Roquan Smith. No, because there's no guarantee he's going to re-sign with that team. And so, you, and again, now we're not going to get a lot for Quinn, but you might get another draft pick. Maybe mm-hmm. you get something else out of it. Maybe you get a defensive player and a draft pick out of him. And it might be a third, fourth round. Who knows? But it's a draft pick that we need to use. Um, but that is a topic of conversation people are now having with Robert Quinn, but they want to have a Roquan Smith first because they think they're going to get more for him, but they're thinking offense. They're thinking, let's trade him for DJ Moore and get him in. Okay, then you're going to see that defensive linebacking core just collapse. The plays he's making are going to be gone, mm-hmm. and then if DJ if the offense doesn't produce, it's going to go back to that. Well, we already have many a woes with the run game this year, and we did a much better job, but credit the commanders have not been strong. Brian Robinson is only his second game back from that unfortunate gunshot incident that he had um, from a mugging back oh, yeah. in yeah. back in the summer. So, you know, he still was impactful. Same was uh, Antonio Gibson having some moments too against the Bears. But you know, that being said, you know you still have teams that you play this year that I'm like, really, you want to trade away Roquan and, you know, make that situation even worse. You're going to tell me that say you trade him in the next few weeks, like, okay, Patriots, fine. You aren't going to trade my next week. Like say by, you know, Dallas, he's gone. 
okay, yeah, sure, we're going to totally be fine against the Cowboys who, you know, have Tony Pollard and Ezekiel Elliott, you know. Oh, sure, we'll be fine against, you know, Miami Dolphins or Detroit Lions, you know, who already have. Sure, they got shut out last week and they were on a, they're on a bye to recoup, but I ain't seeing that train slow down. The Jets, you know, Brees, Bryce, or Brees Hall there, out there, who is starting to become a star. You know, I can keep going down the list and being like, yeah, no, that's still going to be a liability. You're just exasperating that. And again, you know, saying that you're banking on the draft, the draft is not a certainty. No. That's not a guarantee whatsoever. You still can have busts. Your GM can still, with his scouting department, suck at evaluating talent. So, again, I stress this with a rebuild. Stick to your guns with guys that you know are young and can stick with you through a rebuild and into your prime years under your organization. Roquan's still in his mid-20s. Don't throw that away. Right. But we will. We'll screw it up. And I just don't see... We'll say it one last time. We don't see where our fans and certain shows are, like, asphyxiated on that at all. I don't understand it. Um, to move on and slowly get to the end, because there's so much to complain about, I am going to read off this nice little tweet I saw about the first 17 games of Mitch Trubisky versus Justin Fields. Oh, yes. Mitch's first 17 games, he was 62.9 completion percentage, 3,454 yards, 18 touchdowns to 11 interceptions. Fields is 58.1 completion percentage, 2,549 yards, 10 touchdowns to 14 interceptions. And I saw this, and now people are now, well, who did Mitch have to throw to? Who was yeah. Mitch's offensive line? What was pressure per whatever? And I get it. Justin Fields is getting pressured more often than not. I'd have to watch every bit of film. I can't believe that every single part of his pressures are 110% the O-line. Because I don't think people understand this. When O-line pass protect, they want to protect inside out. They want to make sure he does. they don't come through the middle. Mm-hmm. Defensive linemen are taught to see movement in the backfield when they get extension on the O-line. Some teach them to look at their feet. Some teach them to look at like waist and see if they can't see where he is. When a quarterback starts to move, that D-lineman now is going to move where that guy is. The O-linemen are trying to keep him inside out. They don't know where Fields is. And sometimes when the quarterback moves, the pocket gets broken down because the quarterback has now moved and has shifted somewhere where the O-line doesn't think he's going to be. Because right. when it's a pure pocket, you're thinking of a V. If they start bringing certain pressures, it becomes a slide. They think he might move that way, but if he moves opposite, now they're moving opposite. I have no proof of this. I'd have to go back and watch all of these games play by play by play, and I just don't have the time. If people want to pay me like $85,000 a year to do this, I will gladly sit down and look that up. <laughs> right. But they look at it from a pure pressure standpoint and the o-line is not good we all know they're not good but i'm sick and tired and i've said this every single time we've done this i am sick and tired of every other week now it's now when i listen to these shows people are finding ways to defend justin fields 110 that it's not his fault even though they said he had a bad first half they will immediately go to the second half and say he did everything he could to have them win that game but this is happening and this is happening. Mm-hmm. When are they going to stop and finally just start to say it's everything? And I'm tired of tweeting that to people. It's everybody. It is 
the entire offense. It's the play caller. It's the O-line. It's the quarterback. The only people I'm not blaming are Herbert Montgomery. Those are the only ones I can't sit no. there and say anything about. <laughs> they're doing everything they can. I mean, they're doing everything they can to keep these games close and at least keep the offense somewhat on track. You know, that that's that's really what's, you know, again, it's in their bread and butter. It's really what they do best. But it's unfortunate because that's not what you want for an evaluation of your supposed future quarterback, you know, that you want. You you don't want to have to have questions, but because you want to see your you want to see that off that passing offense take off, but it's just not to be right now. You know, those right. are your two best guys. Um, I'll tell you one thing that again I reiterate the pressure aspect of Justin Fields here, um, and I'm just behind the scenes while we're talking. I've been re bringing up stats like sack sack stats. So last year in 12 games, Fields was sacked 36 times. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been half that. And he's already been 23. Um, so, it, again, it just shows you how much has been, A, again, stripped down, not much of a focus on that line right. whatsoever or wasn't brought in. But the hits he's going to take, I mean, dude, I think he's going to – I think they're going to pass 45-plus sacks by the end of the year. Right. Maybe even up to 50. And that's scary to even consider. Because last year's line, you know, we talked about how much he was scrambling and running for his life in his starts. You know, that, that – that game against Cleveland, that still haunts me for how often they that, that was like paper-thin protection. And here we are, 23 sacks right. at this point in the season. I actually need to look up because I know Derek Carr, or David Carr, I believe has the single-season QB sack record. So I need to see that here. Record for most times sacked. Because I feel like we can approach that with the extra game. I think that's gonna it's gonna be historically bad. Uh, well maybe not that. Seventy six in one season, that was through a sixteen game schedule. So that would need to be accelerated even more so. Um still is really damning uh for anything yes. that you want to talk about in that regard. Offensive line, you know, GM focus on roster. Yes, but you name it. Like like we said earlier. When you have a struggling offensive line and a quarterback with happy feet where he is the first now reaction is going to be to take off and go and do those things, you Mm -hmm. have to figure out a way to help them out as an offensive coordinator. That is your job. Does that mean you keep a running back end to block? Yes. Does it mean you need to start running the football more and getting exotic formations with two tight ends, tight end fullback, Power T look. I don't care. Absolutely. That is your job to figure that out, to help take the pressure off of them. And it sucks. It it sucks that the O-line's not good. It sucks for Tevin Jenkins, who's playing pretty well. He's like the only consistent O-lineman we have. Who got pulled, by the way, during the Commanders game. I don't understand what their deal is with him. Because even even statistically, if you're looking at the analytics of how he plays – he has arguably been their best overall lineman. He got pulled on, over over another guy's mistake. I can't remember who did it, but I remember them mm-hmm. talking about it. he gets pulled. Why? I don't understand their hate for him at all. I don't. I don't. I don't know. I. I. Th- I. I get it again. A guy that's not yours. A, a very. But I would say tense. I would say it was a tense offseason between mm-hmm. the new regime and Tevin Jenkins. I, you can't sugarcoat it. You know, they're talking about trading him. They're you know they're getting on him for 
you know, his practice capabilities, you know, and how, how much he brings effort in those. Um, but he's, I mean, right now he's your best guy. Like right. overall you, so it's, I don't know. I, I, it's maybe it's part of this first year. Um, I'm not saying it's boiling down to like an urban Meyer situation, but like, that's a weird crack to have. And like something to be, I, for some reason, extra focused in like loose, like tight leash on is your best overall playing offensive lineman. Right. But I'm going to show this clip because where I get frustrated is when there are plays to be had where you see the offensive line break down and these people put this on Twitter again. I'm really sorry to people if I sound like I know everything. I don't. I really don't. I I welcome conversation. I welcome to look at the same clip as somebody and they say, and prove me wrong on that clip because I'll sit there and say, you know what? I just learned something. You just taught me something and I'm going to take that. But when people see, I saw this clip and they said, oh, the pocket broke down. It was where Justin Fields threw it off the helmet. Like, you have got to be kidding me. People watching, like, I agree. I'm showing the end zone view. Like, I'm going to go really slow. Mm -hmm. This is a pocket to me. Like, it's a pocket. It's a pocket. It's a pocket. Yeah, are they getting driven back a little bit? Pass protection is where you somewhat give up a little bit of ground. Pocket. And then he throws it off the helmet of the defender right there. Get that ball in the air. You can see up top where Komet is going to break. Right now, he should already be in a wind-up because – I understand why he doesn't throw it at first. There's this middle linebacker here. He's not going to throw it yet. He's already seeing that. He's not going to throw, but then he leaves. So when he leaves, he's staring at Komet, right? I'm not seeing that. It looks like he's staring right at him. That's his read. He's looking right at him. Wide open. There is nothing there. And I'm I'm like, okay, he throws off the helmet, and then all shit breaks loose. People said, look, he's getting pushed back right into his face. And I watch it from this angle – yeah, he's getting pushed back, but there's this space in between. This is mm-hmm. a pure pocket that you want. I would want. say stop it right as he releases. Because look at that. that that You still have a yard, almost two yard. You have at least a yard and a half separation between Patrick and Mustafer when you release that ball. Yes, and then I saw where people are like, well, look up here, throw it up here. Well, if that's not part of the read, he ain't going to throw it there. It's like the last play of the game where everyone says Montgomery was open, and I agree. Like, guys, that is probably the, like, that is probably the extreme last resort if you somehow have like protection at that point to throw it. Yes. He wasn't going to look over there. It wasn't going to happen. That read right there was the right read, but again, why 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 is that ball not up in the air? You know? That that should that should be something you should execute on, you know? Right. I I I disagree with anyone that thought that was the that was the line's issue and you know the line should get a lot of crap, but not that play. No, that, that needs to be – you need to give that thing a, a slight arc, a little bit of arc, and let your big body tight end come down with that bad boy. And then here's another one real quick that I forgot. This is where our pocket breaks down. These two receivers up top, they're in this double tight. These two receivers, they only send two out on a route. This is the only mm-hmm. time. They keep so many in to protect for him, and it does break down. He does a play action. Our left tackle gets – or guard gets beat. Seeing you, Patrick. I see you there. And then, but our running back picks him up. And then he takes off. This is football for me. Right now, the pocket's broken down right there. Right now, he kind of has a pocket, but he sees this guy coming inside. When he runs up, 
the pocket has now moved, and now this becomes the pocket mm-hmm. where he should step up and throw. Now, he could throw it here. They're starting to run after him. He could throw it here. But this is what I'm talking about. Justin Fields just wants to take off. If he steps up right there, throws it here, throws it here, just throws it away. The pocket can move. When it breaks down like that, it can move and readjust itself. And you can see it from this angle, too. Like, if he just steps up right here, he's getting blocked. He's helping block here. There's It's moved. It was here. Now it's here. Mm-hmm. But he wants to take off and run. And so that's my other problem. I yes. understand it. I get it. The left guard should never get Patrick. Should, just terrible. <laughs> just terrible. But that's how you help out the O-line. Keep that running back in there. He hits him one way. The lineman didn't give up. Came back to help. Now the pocket shifts. Right. The the only one I could see anyone getting on was maybe like, well, if he bails up a little, Pat, you know, Braxton Jones's protection breaks down because he moved up. But credit, you know, he's running. And, of course, the because of that spin move you see, the defensive end is going to start running at the quarterback because he sees him. He's running out of the pocket. But if you shift like you're talking and you let Jones still do his job, you let him – stay in front of his blocker. You know, I do agree in that sense, like there's a pocket there. It's every game with fields. I feel like you can make the lineman argument, but you can also still like any, when he gets chances to throw, there are miscues. It's so, it's so much in the weeds with this. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't, I don't like that. We, I don't like this right now that we are in the weeds and we're going to be doing this whole song and dance all season, but yeah, and, and that 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 pocket that pocket thing to me is like I did that on purpose. If anybody watches, try to prove somebody wrong because the title of that clip to people was "How can you not protect people with like seven? And I agree with it, but you also notice the running backs in there to block. Like, I just want people to know that he doesn't always have to take off. He always mm-hmm. doesn't have to, but like he's athletic. He wants to. He's used to it. He is going to take off. And I just want it to be shown that sometimes it is the line, sometimes it's the wide receivers, and sometimes it's him. That's kind of what I'm trying to get to with those things where it's everybody. And this is just where we're at. Every game, we're going to have the – this is going to be a repetitive thing all year. We're going to have the same conversations over and over unless trades get happened and this and that. But, yeah, it's just – it's not always the linemen. Sometimes it's him. It's, It's everybody. Yeah, and that's where we are. Pretty much, and I, yeah, I, I don't know what to say beyond beyond that. I don't want to keep doing a de- uh, beating a dead horse argument every week, but you know, I think that everyone just wants to see progression, so we can change that conversation a little bit, right? You know, but I don't know if that's going to happen right now. Um, and also, I mean, if you're talking trades, like the only the main thing the Bears really need to trade for, I don't think it's receiver per se. I, I really, I really do think you would. For some reason, to find a way to trade a lineman, but that like, but that to me, I think rarely happens mm-hmm. for a star caliber lineman because those are not a dime a dozen. Uh, that's an off-season free agency move or draft, which again, that's what everyone's talking about. You know, keep him health, keep Fields healthy, and next year's the year. We all knew this. This it, we knew 2022 wasn't going to be that season, but you know, here we are. Yep, once more. I just didn't know. I we all knew it wasn't the year, but I don't think we all expected these type of things to like. I think we did, but I don't think we expected this type of level of disappointment to 
losing to the Giants. Then you lose to Washington. You gave us they, the Bears did a Bears thing against the Vikings. They gave us hope at the end. Of that. They're like, oh, there's hope. Yeah. Well, three game losing streak in heartbreaking fashion each week doesn't help in matters either. You know, no. and they're they're re, they're young or in, they're basically young team problems or mental capa- mental capacity incompetency type of issues. Yes. you know, it's been that way for this last stretch. Uh, I don't think October is going to be much more friendlier as well. Like I said, you're going to end the month on a pretty ugly stretch going into November. Yes. You, you got to tough it out and find ways to win scrappily. New England, I think you have a chance, but it really depends on just how much the defense comes to play. And if Justin Fields can somehow outgun Bill Belichick's uh, defensive concepts at, you know, scheming towards young and, you know, I would say not as experienced quarterbacks. Yes. Yeah, I mean, there's a chance. I do think that this bye week type thing is coming at a perfect time where they can sit back and evaluate what's going on and hopefully they can evaluate the offense and not saying that what we all suggest is the right move but I do think we have to see something different does that be catastrophic no but we need to start seeing different things uh we never we we don't even necessarily need to see a trade right now I don't think if you kept it you kept it they're sellers if they are but it's very minimal what you're selling right you don't have much to sell. And to me, you don't sell one of those pieces that's even supposedly on that minds of people. So Right. Yeah. But it comes at a perfect time um, to before you play the Patriots. Is that a Monday night game? That is. Actually, it's a good point. Yes, it is, I believe, because we do play back-to-back prime times um, that I am aware of. Uh, yeah, that is a Monday night contest on ESPN in New England. Oh, boy. Prime time. It's a little rowdy. <laughs> and Mac Jones also might be back, too, uh, from what it looks like. It's his, it seems like he might be back this week uh, coming up. But if he's not then, it sounds like he's definitely going to be back for Chicago from his progression, it sounds like. Great. Good. Which I don't know if that's a bad thing. Uh, maybe. I don't know. He was okay before he got knocked out. Maybe Zappy's the problem. <laughs> the guy we should be worrying about. What do I know? Um who knows? Maybe we'll have, we'll have Nikhil Harry by then. Yes. That's good, right? Yeah, yeah we'll good. have him. Good. You know? Good. Maybe Alex Leatherwood will play, too, while we're at it. Yeah, maybe. Why not? Anything. Anything's on the table. Why not? Throw throw him in. Well, Give him a shot. I don't care. You're going to start seeing practice squad players brought up. Oh, you got a pulse? Go play. Like, that's what's <laughs> about to happen. It's like the Russian army. You got yes. <laughs> cannon fodder? Anything. We'll throw anything at the problem right now. Yes. But it did come at a perfect time to just sit back and go, what the hell can we do to try to just get through the season? Because you're about to play the Patriots with a great defensive-minded coach and then the Cowboys, who have one of the best NFL defenses there is this year. Like, <laughs> and Dak Prescott could be back at that moment. They haven't played him yet because they're winning. Who knows if they even put him into that game? I doubt it. But he could be back. No clue. It's not – It's. It's not a fun time, but all right. I think that's enough airing of grievances. I think we just aired it's about, enough. It's about enough, you know. I think it's all we got. This isn't Festivus, but I mean, it, it could be like a precursor. That I mean, that's what we should call it—the Bear Festivus moment and uh, airing grievances. <laughs> right, <laughs> right. Every 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 day after the Bears game is Festivus time. 
<laughs> Airing of grievances. I right. lost my train of thought. <laughs> um, but yeah, frustration with the Bears. We get a, we get they get a little bye week. We all get a little break from this mental state they put us in. Um, but yeah, that will wrap this up. Uh, we'll be back later on for a Patriots preview for Monday Night Football prime time for people to watch the Bears firsthand if they don't. <laughs> Uh, it will not oh be boy. Thursday night caliber. At least it's on ESPN, where it's not as bad. Yeah, they they do a great job. I, I I have no problems with Monday Night Football. I mean, the only thing you can get upset for is if you don't like Joe Buck and Troy Aikman. Now, it's fine. And again, we don't hate the people. I don't hate anybody on Thursday Night Football. It's just because it's on Amazon Prime. That that's, no, I, that's the issue. I, right. I just don't like that. It's the risk for buffering video, which happens. It does happen every game. And just that, I don't know, some of the technical stuff, like I said, they, they, they like muddle the crowd noise. Like they don't let it fully blast. They, they like put it half volume. Yeah, that doesn't make sense to me, but yeah, I like yeah. the announcers. I like the halftime people. I like all of that. It all works. They got to figure out something. Take it off Amazon Prime and Ryan Fitzpatrick's on post game. <laughs> I love it. It gives you a nice little quarterback breakdown. And as long as it's not Ryan Clark. I am good with it. As long as it's not final, hit. final equip. Did you see? Uh, have you seen any ads for their uh, their like talk? Sh- their like talk show night nighttime talk show esque version of an NFL show called uh, the Pile On. I've heard of it. I haven't watched or seen anything. I just heard it. The, the trailer very uh, made me very much want to turn the television uh, off for a second because it was wasn't good. It was, it was bad comedy. It, it did not make me want to watch a comedy talk show about the nfl if it's anything like the shop that lebron has an eight on hbo i'm good i don't need oh, to no, watch it's, it's probably worse i guarantee it's probably worse than the shop i'll just stick to watching the pat mcafee show thank you very that, much there you go do that i'll stick Guaranteed to watching that quality Guaranteed oh i'm sure quality. i'm sure <laughs> um but check out zach's other podcast inside the walls usfl podcast fourth of four coming out on sundays go check all that out um We'll have some time off before the Patriots preview to soak this all in and see what happens with the Bears, More new, any type of news coming out. And eval the Pats, too, while we're at it. Yeah, we <laughs> can watch the Pats and see. Uh, I'll get on my all 2022 and break them down if I have time. We'll see. Who knows? Probably not, okay. but I'll try. Okay. Um, but anyway, that wraps up this. Uh, check all that stuff out. Uh, thanks, guys, for watching and or listening, and we'll see you guys next time.
Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. 